chapter, verses 1 through 5. And I want you to stand again that I might share those, verse, those verses with us as we did in the beginning. As you find in your place there, you know, it's, this is a birthday celebration for us. It's a celebration of an anniversary of God's place of worship. And we uh, heard often the echoes of God's love pointing us in directions that we would follow by faith. And so glad that so many followed uh, along with that. I'll be sharing just a little bit about that this morning very briefly, but there's a lot of done being said about our beginnings, but some of you who may be not familiar with uh, how that we began uh, as a church and God took us by the hand, I want to share a little about that. But the verses that I read and I want to read in Romans, the 12th chapter, beginning at the first verse, says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. For I say unto you through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but, in, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office, so we being many are one, one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. May God add his blessings to those precious words again. Would you bow with us in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we bow before you today. We just thank you so much for so much. And I just ask you, Lord, that you'd continue to bless us and let our light begin to shine even brighter each day as we go, that others can see it is a joy to follow you. It is a blessedness of believing in an almighty God that can do so much through so little. And Lord, we just ask you now to bless us in the remainder of this service and celebration that as we recall the days of gone by, how that you were there so often, how that you pointed us in the direction you wanted us to go and how by faith we followed and we just ask you, Lord, today that a special blessing on Clearview Baptist Church as we continue to seek your guidance and to walk in the ways that you'd have us to, that others can see what a joy it is to follow you. Guide us now, Lord, in the remainder of this service and on through life. And then in a while we will hear you say, once again and last of all, that's my new church, Clearview. We love you, Lord, and thank you for that. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. <clears throat> it was a day, a special day, that God would take a few by the hand and begin to lead us in a direction that we did not really know all the, all the ways it was. I remember so very uh, clearly that meeting in our home, Catherine and I, uh, had uh, there, was, uh, there was Brother Eddie and there was his son Sean, and uh, Sister and Mrs. Lancaster was there, and uh, John Carroll, and is that it? I believe that was it, and including my wife and I, seven altogether, including Catherine and I. And we began to pray about a direction, and there in our home, there in the basement, we began to ask God for what he wanted us to do. We would pray about it that night and continue to seek God's guidance and we would dismiss that meeting and then would meet again. And in that second meeting, something had happened very dramatic with, 
with us, and that was the fact that, that a night or so before our second meeting, I had been talking to God about a direction he wanted us to go in and didn't really see very clear what it was he wanted us to do. And I kept saying, oh God, put it clear, make it a very clear view for us to see. And I remember waking up about three o'clock one morning and I woke Catherine up and she wasn't too happy about that until I shared with her what I had just received from God. And that was that God did want us to build a new church, but he said, and if you ever heard God talked out loud, if I ever did before, I did that night somehow. Paul says, whether I was in the spirit, I cannot say. But I did hear very clearly. God say, yes, and not only do I want you to build a new church, but I want you to call it Clearview. That's the birth of the church that God wanted to have in the community. We really felt like that God wanted a church where you could hear, well, such and such church was kind of catered to the older folks and some was to the younger. But we realized God wanted a church where uh, a young and old could come together alike and to love each other and to worship and to have a, a good time in the Lord. And it has been a good time. Oh, there's been some rough spots that we've traveled through, but there's been times that such a joy would overwhelm you. We would just not only be having a cup full of blessings, but the saucer would be filled also as we would, the old saying is, sip from the saucer of God's blessings. And he's had all along the way a bucket full of blessings for all of us to glean from, and we're so grateful for that. But as I think about the journey as we first began and we met first, and uh, Keith Aller let us use the room there in the funeral home, and that was pretty neat there for a little while. It was a small room, and we soon out, outgrew that room. But I had someone to say to me one day, I tell you what you might want to do while you're there at the funeral home. Said, I believe it, it'd be kind of a neat idea if you would uh, ask Keith if you could borrow a casket. And during the invitation, roll it out there beside you. <laughs> wow, I, was, I guess that would be dramatic. But didn't do that. But God would continue to lead us and then we would be directed to a little larger place over at Osco Ferris would let us meet in, in the clothing factory on the weekends. And we were grateful for that. But God would still continue to strive with our hearts and all of us who would continue to think, now God wants us to build a tabernacle. You know, as you read the stories of Moses and many in the Bible, that's one of the first things God wanted them to do. Build me a tabernacle. And so we kept hearing that. Build me a church. Build a place of worship. And so I remember we began to look to find a place and soon after searching two or three different places out on Salt River Road and out here on 259 North, we was just about to build out there where the far house was. But that fell through and then we were led to this place right here. And this is a very unique story because I believe in all, with all my heart, God led us to this very spot. And so as we finished the service one Sunday, I asked the folks if they'd follow me down here to this spot for us to pray and ask God if that's where he wanted the church. And so we gathered in a circle, and I would be safe to say there was an old mulberry bush and or tree just about where this pulpit sits today down on the ground. And we gathered around that bush, and we began to ask God for directions, and that indeed God did. We all felt in unison that God said, yes, that's where I want my church to be. So we would begin, and uh, by the way, I, I had, I I'm, I've still got it, I think I have. I want to share with you. I went home that day after God gave us those directions. And I don't know if I've got it in here. I think I have. I wanted to share with you 
what I had written down when I got to the house after our prayer meeting that day under the mulberry tree. And here's what I wrote down. I've thought a lot how it could be that God would touch our lives under the mulberry tree. It seems a long, long time ago we prayed for God to let us know. Was this the place for us to build a brand new church on Quarry Hill? We felt the presence of God that day when we asked him to show us if this was the way. God's word was clear. We all could see what he came to tell us at the mulberry tree. A tree that has no great demand, grows berries to just mess up the land. But I saw, but I saw falling on the ground that day a berry from the tree and I heard God say, the stain is red, my child, you see, remembers the blood from Calvary's tree. So when you pause each time, you'll know the berry now crushed has tried to show. I gave my life to set you free. And that's one more reason for that little mulberry tree. And so we would continue and uh, we would begin the building program that would last through the winter months and it was very, very mild winter that God put on us and we were able to build most every day through the winter, it seemed, didn't we? I don't remember a harsh winter that winter. And uh, it was just a great time and uh, so it would be finished and uh, uh, the last Sunday that we would meet over in, uh, in uh, the, the shopping center, uh, I asked the folks if they would meet me there at that shopping center on that next Saturday morning and we would come across town carrying a rock, a stone. And uh, I said, now be sure you get a rock little enough that you can carry or big enough that you can see. And uh, we would have our pilgrimage all the way from over to Indian Hill Shopping Center all through town and I know people was thinking, what in the world is that group doing? They're a riot bunch with rocks in their hands. So we would come across town all the way through and come down and we had, uh, had got the idea from the book of Joshua 4 where it talks about when uh, uh, they walked across the Red Sea that God told them to, uh, to pick up a stone out of the river and that, that when they got on the other side of the deliverance that God was given that they could build a monument to build a, a, a place of, of, of remembrance. And so that's what they did. And uh, the scripture says, and uh, when your children's children ask what mean ye the stones, you can share with them how it was that he led you across the sea of deliverance and made a place and made it possible for you to travel on. And so we put those rocks in a box here by the back door, or the front door, whatever. And uh, with that inscription, Joshua 4 on it, uh, 6 and 7 or something, I think. And we would leave it there for a few months and then finally we would bring it up to the front and it is still there today if some of you that hadn't been here long might want to look with the inscription Clearview Baptist Church in Joshua 4 written on it and it's here at the corner of the building and we do just love for you to ask us what mean ye the stones? And we're so ready to tell you the day that God delivered us across the town, across the distance that we would walk and to the place of worship and the place of promise that God gave us in those beginning days. But as we think about the, that journey and the times that we had together, it was, it was such a great time. 
Uh, I could just go on for hours and hours about, about how it was that God led us and how that we had just a wonderful time and that, that God would be there showing us the way, carrying with us every day that we made uh, uh, an effort. And, you know, I think about, when I think about the church, I'm so reminded of Peter's words when uh, Jesus asked the disciples who people thought he was. They began to say that it's Jeremiah, and some says uh, they're one of the prophets, and on and on, several of them mentioned. But Jesus looked at Peter, and he said, But Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter gave the answer that Jesus finally said, That's what I'm going to build my church on, the faith that just told you. And he says, Upon this rock, Simon um, Barjona, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. I believe with all my heart Clearview Baptist Church was built on that stone of deliverance, that stone even Jesus himself, the rock of offense, the Bible calls it in times, but the solid rock and the solid foundation that we can be built on, and we are. And I wrote this down yesterday or last night when I was thinking about Clearview, C-L-E-A-R-V-I-E-W. Christians love enjoying redeeming victory in enormous ways, C-L-E-A-R-V-I-E-W. Christians, love, Christian love, enjoying redeeming victory in enormous ways. And that's what we've had. That's what we've enjoyed. We've seen people come to the Lord. And I know uh, Brother Jack wouldn't mind for me to say this, but I, I, I want to, oh yeah, Jack, I want to tell the story. Okay. <laughs> All right. We need that too. But I want to tell you, Jack Holland was the first person that was saved at the new church when it began. I remember so well feeling in, in the feeling a conviction on my heart to, to talk to Jack about it. I knew Jack for many years before that. And I wasn't sure how he was with the Lord. And I remember one day I left the house and told Catherine, I said, I got to go up to Jack's. Well, I started up to Jack's and Jack wasn't home. But as I come on into town, I started coming through town and I met him. And as I met him, it was about save a lot, I guess it was. And I come on down about, uh, about where that uh, station is where you take your garbage. And uh, I pulled in there. And I said, Lord, if you still need me to talk to Jack, would you stop him? I backed out of the drive, headed up, and I didn't get but this to the first street there where you cross where Anderson Lawn Garden is, and here come Jack. Oh, well, God's doing it. Shows the world. So we pulled up side by side. I said, Jack, follow me. We went to the new church, which was over at uh, the Indian Hill Shopping Center. And we sat there probably for an hour talking about the Lord, sure, certainly so. And as we began to share and to tell, talk to him about the need to be saved, and Jack knew God. He knew he was a good man. He, he knew that uh, what he needed to do and liked a little, as we all can have those feelings many times. But that day I said, Jack, God has saved a millions more. Would you make it another one? <laughs> and Jack raised his hand and he said, make it one more. And we're so proud that the seed was sown and I've, I've, I think it's about 90 people that we've baptized. Many have come to know the Lord in other ways, but... Uh, but I think it's about 90 people so far in the last 13 years that we've baptized here at Clearview, mostly into the membership of the church and some otherwise. But we are so grateful for the heritage that we have. 
And I'm so glad that we are a people bound together with the cords of God's love. And that Satan may try, but he cannot sever that blessedness that we have and that love for each other. And as I shared with you in the reading there in Romans, we, uh, we are a people that, that have, we're many members, but we all have one common goal, and that is to serve and to love and to follow God. And that's what we've done together. And I'm so glad of that. I hear people in churches having all sorts of problems, and we've had our share. But I say that it, it, all in all, we are a bound together with God's love people that will continue to strive to do God's will. But as we go along, I want to close in another remark or two, and that is, as we go along through life and through the journey that God has set for us, we're a people who strive to see Jesus quite often. I do. I don't know about you, but do you have times that, man, I wish I, I'd just like to see his face. And I was just so blessed when I went to the funeral home yesterday and, and saw one of our friends uh, lying there on the, I call it the pillow of peace. And I really believe that uh, it's a joy and a, that that journey will take us to be able to see Jesus. But the old cobbler in the olden days was, he made shoes and uh, he dreamed one night that Jesus was going to come to his house. And as he began to dream about it, it became so real, he got up the next morning, he cleaned the house all up and he sat there waiting for Jesus to come, just sure that Jesus would come. And when the uh, I don't know, up in the morning a little bit. Whew, he jumped up from his chair and went to the, and he opened the door and was an old man standing there. He limped up to the door and he invited him in and he realized that his shoes were bad. Hadn't had anything to eat for a while. And he got a pair of shoes off of the shelf and gave to the old man and after he had eaten and warmed by the fire, he was on his way. Well, the old cobbler sat down again thinking that maybe the next knock would be Jesus. Wasn't long till another knock. Went to the door. It might be Jesus. Opened it up and it was an elderly lady carrying an armload of wood. And he invited her in to warm by his fire and to rest from the burden that she bore that day. She would soon be gone and finally he said, Jesus, you're not keeping your word. I just know you was going to come. And he looked out the window. And he saw a little boy standing just off of the porch of his steps there at the front door crying. And he opened the door and he said, son, can I help you? And he said, I'm lost. I can't find my way home. So he went with him and began to ask him to describe where he lived. And the, the old cobbler led the little boy down the streets and finally to his home. He turned around and headed back to the house. And as he went inside, I wonder if Jesus came while I was gone. I just wonder if I've missed him. And he sat down, and this is what he thought. He may have heard. I don't know how. But it simply said, Why is it, Lord, that your feet delay? Have you forgotten that this was the day? Then soft in the silence a voice was heard, Lift up your heart, for I've kept my word. Three times I came to your friendly door. Three times I was the shadow on your floor. I was a man with the bruised feet. I was a woman whom you gave to eat, and I was a little boy lost out in the street. Yes, you want to see Jesus? You don't have to look far because someone is in need of seeing Jesus through you. 
May God bless us as we continue to be a reflection of God's love and walk so close we can hear everything he has to say and ask God directions for everywhere he wants us to go. God bless you, Clearview Baptist Church. Those of you who are maybe attending and, and not membership yet, but the doors are open to you. The doors of love, doors of fellowship, the, the doors of friendship, and we'll treat you in every way we can to make you feel like God loves you too. Would you bow with us in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we bow before you today. We're so grateful for your love that we can know. So grateful, Lord, for the direction you give us and that we was able to walk the path of your choice and, Lord, that you've blessed us so much along life's journey. We thank you, Lord, for that and we ask you now that you'd continue to guide us, to lead us in the direction you have us go, that we'd praise your name, Lord, that we'd lift you up and adore you for the directions and let the glory come to you and not us. Now guide us, Lord, in the remainder of this service today and this invitation time that it might be what you want it to be in every life that is gathered here today. In your precious name we pray. Amen.